welcome to part two of our post-apocalyptic special. The good news is that Colin is not infected with the zombie virus. The bad news is that he is rotting from the inside out because he's past his expiry date and therefore actually does need to be eaten first. <laughs> but we'll get to that in due time. On with the podcast. So we're going to talk about Mutant Year Zero, a tabletop RPG from Modifius Entertainment. Uh, came out ooh, just before Christmas last year. Um... Mutant Year Zero was a big thing in Sweden in the 80s. Apparently, I wasn't there. I have been told. Or wasn't it Mutant something else? A Mutant Year Zero is kind of a reboot of the series? Sort of. Um, there's a complicated history. I think it was the original. Then Mutant Chronicles uh, was a follow-up game uh, involving mutants in space, uh, which I'll probably be buying when it comes out. It's scheduled to come out very, very soon, yeah. if not round about now. Um so we'll have a look at that. Um, but Mutant Year Zero has been sort of remade, rebooted by uh, Freie Ligen, um, or Free League Press in Swedish, translated by uh, Modifius, and kind of given a bit of a um, UK-US twist to some of the resources and things that come in there. Um, has been very successful. Uh, we went to the UK Games Expo this year, um, and... There they vote for the Ennies. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, which are um, awards for various different games. And it was quite successful. It's now an Enny award winning game. Which I'm not surprised What's, about. It's uh, lovely. Yes. What is lovely about it, Aaron? Well, so, yeah, tabletop RPG. So, like a typical one, we need to create characters. And unlike a lot of other ones which kind of require the DM to create the world as such you kind of decide on a map of an area you want to do it highly recommends you use a map of your local town or city as a starting area as the Swedish community has a whole website kind of dedicated to that don't they yes and the English version of the game comes with inside one cover you've got London yeah. with a big smoke and then the other cover you've got New York or something else they've called it yeah so, I mean, we've gone for the London one rather than developing our own thing, but it highly recommends you kind of build a map around your own city and you then create a community together of mutants. Uh, it seems to be some kind of post-apocalyptic scenario. It's not massively described as such. You're not 100% sure quite what happened. There seems to be some form of nuclear slash war thing has happened yes as the DM for the group I'm just going to occasionally say I know uh, but I don't A I don't want to spoil it for these guys as uh, two of my players and B I don't want to spoil it for anyone at home yeah. but yes there is a there is a backstory yeah, uh, okay. quite a detailed backstory well, in the bit of the book that is not for players to read yeah. so don't read it well my best guess was some kind of nuclear war because it's all very destroyed buildings irradiated areas yes. or rotted areas rotted areas as it's referred to it's very almost Mad Max style yes. of post-apocalyptic it's gone in the setting department but yes. in a more urban kind of area yes. so it encourages you to be somewhere built up so there's more things yes to more, yeah. more urban rather than Australia which has two so, roads and yeah. a house and, and, and really mountains big, in a distance yeah and a really big rock with a name yes and the world's biggest ball of string <laughs> but yeah I mean it's very similar to how Fallout has it's just clearly taken a lot of influences and made, makes a lot of nods towards yeah. other post-apocalyptic things throughout the campaign but it's yes. done its own, own little twist on it so you all play mutants um, which is what you call yourselves uh, you don't have parents as such but you have 
some form of elder who's different to you, but watches out and looks after you. Yeah, and the elder what is the elder not is not a mutant. No, no, he's he's, he's human from a, a human from a non-character point of view. From yeah. a from a character point of view, he's he's just just the elder. Yes. yes, that's what the elder is. It's always been that way, and he's raised you since you were children. Yes, Aww. yeah, it's pretty cute. So you've got a whole community of people of what I think our community was around two hundred, hundred ninety-seven, hundred ninety-seven. When it started, when it started, we uh, haven't looked at the sheet with the numbers oh. yet, but it's, this game we've we've dropped yeah. numbers. It's, the character creation system in this particular RPG is quick. And uh, easy to do. Uh, you've got small pool of points that you put into some abilities. Um, very similar to World of Darkness, from what I can tell. You've got five dots for uh, strength, uh, wits, agility, agility, uh, empathy, and empathy. Yeah, um, and you spread your stats around that. Yes, yeah, so you have a certain number of points to put into yeah. your physical and mental abilities, yeah. and then a certain number of points that you put into skills. Yes, there is an element of a class-based system. Yeah, um, not as in upper class and lower class. Um, well, we tops and plebs. Um, <laughs> although we have had some of that. Yes, uh, but each class has its own individual unique skill that makes it really good. Aaron, what are you playing? I am playing a dog handler, so I have a pet dog as such, who. Um, it's a vicious mutate, mutated dog. Um, oh, I, I always pictured Dimito as being very cute. Yes, oh, so did I. Well, yeah, with an eye patch. Yeah, an eye patch. With a an towel. Thank you. <laughs> acid spray. Um, yes, so um, I have a particularly, not exactly an empathetic link with the dog, but you know, I've, I've got it well trained, it will do my thing. Mutts are generally wild. Um, with mm. a handful of selection of, of other dog handlers who are quite good at it. Um, Colin, you are playing. I am currently, and I say currently because <laughs> they can, uh, your characters can die at any second. Um, I am currently playing a gearhead, um, so um, an, an engineer of sorts. They they build things and stuff. It's a crafting system. There you go. It's uh, they fashion devices. They fashion yes. devices. Yes, fashion devices as we refer to it. Um, they can repair equipment, uh, but they can also build. Almost anything you can think of from materials scattered yeah. around. Yeah, from the, the various scrap around. I myself have made many, many guns and suits of armour for the party over our, <laughs> our expansive <laughs> adventure. Each one has been lost. I'm not going to get into yeah. why. The person, the person responsible knows why, and <laughs> I hope he feels sorry for, for me as I'm doing this, because it's hours no. and hours of building lost. No, no, I think we should explain it, because this goes quite nicely into one of the special things about Mutant. Now, uh, the pack we've got, or we got given by, what, I don't know if it was the development team, or just their PR team that we met at Dragon Meet. Yeah, we uh, we went to Dragon Meet, um, so we got the game, I picked the game up, didn't go deliberately for it, but I was so excited by it. Yeah, they like, sold it brilliantly to us. Yes, yeah. um, and not only did I get the book, I also got the two maps printed out on um, A2 shiny coloured paper yeah. um, and bought packs of cards and um, they were paid for yes, um, yeah. but they were a bargain um, yeah and well worth it so I mean like it would like a lot of other DM guides there's tables and stuff you can roll on but they come with cards so each mutant has a minimum of one mutant power 
Or if you're willing to sacrifice a, a, a stat two mutant powers. Yeah, so you set a point of one of your statistics, you can lose yeah. and have two mutant powers. Um, and every time you take damage in this game, uh, you can take damage each of these stat points, which you can be healed quite quickly because you're mutants. Um, but obviously it weakens you. So your, your stat points are also your health points in the system. Um, but yeah, you get mutant powers. Uh, one of our group who was playing a slave, which is a special class in this one who um, it sounds exactly what it is however yes yeah I mean I don't know you could play it something different I mean we've played it fits with the theming and everything else you've got slaves you know you'd have raiders and things like that in that kind of scenario Um, and his one of his mutant abilities is to um, his magnetism isn't it he's basically Magneto he's Magneto he's what's the name of the uh, the four-armed guy from Mortal Kombat uh, Goro? Goro. He's Goro meets Magneto. Yes. He's Gorito. Yeah. yeah. He's I... Morax. He is both of the above. Yeah. <laughs> the reason he has four arms is that's his second mutant power. He has an additional set of working arms. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the reason that all of my equipment I keep building ends up being destroyed or lost is because every time... Okay, that's a slightly exaggerated. Not, Not every really. time, Not but really. it feels like every time he attempts to use his magnetism power to <laughs> pull the enemy guns away from them or fling crates at them. He ends up flinging all of our equipment, which is all made out of metal, yep. at the enemy or into wow. swamps yep. or into a brick wall. And in one such occurrence being my character, um, who he ended up flinging through a concrete support structure. <laughs> yeah. And she then was wearing metal armor because I was wearing metal armor, and then was immediately then pretty much impaled by the shipping container that then landed on my face. Yeah, yeah, that was genius. So the reason this happened: uh, anytime you need to do a skill, you roll some dice. Uh, depending on how many uh, dots you've got in a particular stat that fits with that and skill. Um, so if you've got three dots in strength and two dots in brawling and you want to punch someone in the face, you roll three dice of one colour for your strength, two yeah. two dice um, of a different colour. And if you say you've got some brass knuckles on your fist, you'll add a, another a third coloured dice uh, in as a gear dice as well. Yes. Sixes succeed. Yep. Um, ones are kind of catastrophic failures in a lot of sense. Yes. The ones... Um, they only damage you, they're only really bad if you push the roll. Because you're mutants and you're special, uh, you're different to other things, you can push the roll when you, even if you succeed and you want extra successes to make things really, really good. Yeah. So you push the roll uh, and you get to roll anything that's not a six or a one again. Yes. But you can break your equipment if your equipment rolls a one. Yeah. And you can damage yourself so you can... Um, run so fast away from the enemy that you end up uh, passing out from fatigue yes. um, when you yeah. get there. Which has happened. Yes. Um, or in your case, anytime you try and go swimming yes. anywhere. Yes. I was just going to say, swimming seems to be our major party's um, yeah. nemesis there every time we try it. I think it was only waist-high water, and yet three yeah, of yeah, us yeah. nearly ended up drowning in it. Yes. Yeah, including the one who, statistic-wise, should have been amazing at swimming with his forearms, and then proceeded to just plumb it like a stone to the bottom of the lake. Yeah. Well, the waist-high water. <laughs> Those people who have been listening will also have realised that your arc, and you get to choose where in the zone, as they call the, the ruined area, <coughs> uh, you place your arc, it's something that you do when you build your community at the beginning, yeah. um, will have re- remembered that the group chose to build theirs partly on a boat. Yes. On an island in the middle of the Thames. 
Yes. 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 Excellent. But but all the water is rotted, which you know is a sort of a word for irradiated. Yes. What the mutants call it. So you know it makes sense that our group is very scared of water because you touch it and you get sick. Yes. Um, this is something rock points that you will accumulate throughout the game as well. Yes. Um, um, something else that will punish you and kill you very quickly. Yeah. But when you when you roll those um, those statistics, the ones although they damage you, they also build up mutant points. Yes. And those mutant points power your mutant abilities and your mutant abilities are incredibly powerful if you can set things on fire it's not like you're like a walking cigarette lighter it means that you run around spewing gouts of flame that incinerate people and kill them if you're magneto you've got that kind of power you can pick up a a rusted car and throw it um at someone running away from you um and there's a whole suite of these these different powers um And you'll never, you should never play the same combination because again, you can build more as you go. Part of your experience is that you get more powers, don't you, Aaron? Yes, yes. <laughs> Seems to have a little bit of a thing in this. Now you roll, you, you use your mutant power. You roll a dice for how many points of the mutant power you decide to use. You roll any ones, the power goes ballistic. In our friend Rob's case, or Mister Magneto Man, he, he rolled a one, it exploded, and Blew all our equipment and everything else around him yeah. miles and miles and miles away. That's happened to him twice. Hence yeah. why I ended up in a concrete wall. For Please. myself, <laughs> it's happened three times now for my main character group, I think. I think so. Because I'm, I'm at my maximum now, and I only had one for a start. Yeah, you have a maximum of four mutant powers. Because yeah, at that point, you, your statistics are too low for you to survive a gust of wind. Um, <laughs> but you have yeah. all the mutant powers to yes, try and get you yes. through. So I started off with uh, something called Mind Terror, which allows you to uh, basically telekinetically attack people. Um, I decided to use it on a group in a container who who were getting a bit rowdy. I thought, well, I'll, I'll, I'll scare them into submission and get them to do what you want to say. Made sense, so I made them think that I was some big growling ant dog animal, um, much like my mutes. Look, my mutant, my mutt. Uh, <laughs> my mutant mutt. My mutant mutt, yes. Um, <laughs> and then rolled one, and I kind of terrorised... I was supposed to be just terrorising one person, and I just terrorised the entire container and everybody surrounding it. Including the other, the other player Including characters. Including the other players. Yep. Yeah. And then drew a new mutant power, which quite luckily... <laughs> turned me into a dog man <laughs> so I actually transformed while scaring everybody that I was transforming into something yeah that but worked out quite well but weird yeah, yeah that's happened to me several times during the course of the game yeah. so your character's mutations aren't stable you will mutate again um, eventually and what I really like is yes you mutate again but you lose another statistic point yeah. yes so you get more powerful, but you also get weaker at the same time. And in that sense, it very much reminds me of Call of Cthulhu's insanity mechanic. Yes. Where the more you know, the, the more your character learns about the truth behind reality, the more powerful they become, the more able to work things out, the more able they are to decipher text and game magic powers, but their maximum sanity drops and eventually you become that typical HP Lovecraft uh, protagonist uh, dribbling in the corner, locked up in the asylum, or uh, swinging from a rope of your own creation. Yes, mm. yeah. Um, so yeah, so there are a lot of things in this game that will punish you in that sense. So as Brian said, every time you get stronger in one sense, you'll get weaker in another. Um, and 
normal role-playing systems, although some people do play like that, try to discourage a DM from TPKing or total party killing. Uh, in this, it's quite easy to happen. Yeah. Um, as, as we stated, we, we, we went for a swim, nearly all drowned yeah. <laughs> in, in tiny, tiny amounts of water because we just rolled terribly. Yes. But it's very easy to pick up a new character. You roll a bunch of dice, boom, done. We yes. don't roll dice, just pick some statistics. Choose a new forbidden things, and you've got a new, new character in yeah. front of you. And you take on another person from your arc. Yes, and the idea is that you kind of know everyone. You've lived in the arc all your life. Uh, the reason that you leave the arc and kind of the inciting incident that starts the uh, the campaign <laughs> rolling, um, depending on what your DM chooses, the one it suggests, and it's the one that I actually rolled with with you guys, yeah. is that the elder isn't particularly well. Um, and so that is losing control over you. You've also grown up, yeah. so you're not little kids anymore. Yeah. But also, your water is running out. Yes. So you go off to look for some something to fix your water purifier, and that brings you into contact with the outside world, and sort of kickstarts the uh, the campaign off. Yes. Yeah. And things kind of snowball from there. Yes. Really, do snowball. Snowball, snowball yeah. is the correct term. Snowballs filled with rocks and jagged <laughs> pieces of metal, <laughs> and occasionally my character and some concrete. Yes, dirty <laughs> snowballs. Yes, very very <laughs> dirty, rot infested snowballs. Yes. Um, now, one of the the guiding principles of the game, because um, I I've, I've been running it, and uh, Colin and Aaron are two of my players. Um, there's a couple more. Uh, but they haven't survived the apocalypse. They're not in the bunker, so we're going to have to play on without them. Oh, I can um, go we... mad and pretend to be two people. It's, it's quite we... possible as I listen to my own voice in this recording. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, One of the guiding principles of the game is that everything rots, everything falls apart. Yes. And that is followed up in everything. So your gear, yes, you might find um, a pre-war gun or a pre-collapsed gun, but eventually it will break and fall apart. You probably won't know how to fix it because yeah. you're uneducated mutants. Yeah. Um, your characters, the stronger they get with powers, the weaker they get with um, regards to their statistics. It's not sort of nicely balanced yeah. Yeah. Um, in that sense. And so you don't necessarily want a new power. When you've got your four, you then just... If that happens again, you just get weaker and weaker. Yeah. You don't gain any more die. powers, you just Yay. lose statistics. <laughs> um, after, I'd say, about probably five months' worth of playing, we have reached the point where one of our players' character is now almost unplayable. Yeah. He's still playable, but he only needs to be hit once by a gun and he's unconscious. He only needs to fail to swim once and he's unconscious. He's, yeah. he's, his character is now so much of a liability, it's probably not worth him joining. He's, he might as well have a new character. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that makes it sound quite unfun. Well, no, because you... Yeah. Well, I don't want to say it's un, unfun. I mean, it's never nice for anyone who's, who's involved in role-play games and um, other... RPGs like that it's never fun to lose a character you've spent time playing yeah but at the same time it's you don't expect your characters to survive this because the world is so brutal yeah um, because going out and swimming can easily kill you unless yes. you have backup there to, <laughs> to, to save you. You've well, you spent lots and lots of points on it. Yeah. Um, at which point, you're, you'll be fine. Yeah. But generally, you're not going to be good at everything. Yeah, I mean, the way with our, our companion, who has um, pretty much nerfed his own character, <laughs> um, 
he's used a lot of mutant points, which has caused that. Now, my character has two mutant powers. I started with two mutant powers. I haven't gained any more mutant powers because I only use my mutant power sparingly. Yeah. Only in the most dire of situations. Um, for for uh, my mutant power actually is um, I can shoot... I can move with lightning speed, essentially. I'm Quicksilver. Um, <laughs> I can fire a gun multiple times. It's Most guns only have a, a single shot capacity, but I, at one stage, had an assault rifle. <laughs> um, rapid firing, and in less than three seconds, I'd gunned down three people. And I've done that on a couple of occasions, but I don't do it all the time because I know it will end up killing me. Yeah, so it's, watch I've watched it happen. Yeah. So it's about balancing your character. Yes, you can run in and spew fire all over everybody, and that's fine, but it's not going to work permanently. So it you need to there's a bit of management to your character really, which is what I really like about it. You yeah. got to it's not just we're the heroes, let's go into this dungeon and beat everything to death. It's we could go into this dungeon, but are we actually prepared? Because yes. we're not heroes. You feel like everyday people of a of a community. Yes, it, it's one of the most realistic. Oh, I know you're playing mutants, but it feels like a realistic mm-hmm. experience in yeah. a post-apocalyptic. And it, it encourages you to um, when you're in the arc, anyway, because we've been away from that for a while. Yeah, um, to play members, or as we've seen to have done, sort of factions of the commu- of the community. When there's an arc-wide decision to be made, sort of once a game, you'll get together and kind of make a decision as a group. But talk as if you're multiple members. So you'll be role-playing a group of people rather than just one person. So you get used to that kind of thinking. Instead of being this singular hero, like you were saying, you're doing most of you, I'm going to destroy a dungeon on my own kind of thing. You think more community-based. Like, well, if I die, I can't provide this for the rest of the community. They need that, so I better go back. Yeah. Yes, so I mean, you've all played multiple characters now, haven't you? Uh, uh, you? I've played two. I've still got my original, but I've played a couple of different ones as he's... you played... Um, yeah, but you're still part of your like, own community. Yeah. You're still working towards the goals of yeah. the community. It's not like you have to bring in a new wizard because the wizard died. Yes. Um, you've got people... Um, it, the game itself, actually, again, something I love about this, it encourages you to sit down with the players as a DM and get them to help you build the community, build the arc. Um, you guys provided me with the names and backstory of the bosses who run the arc on behalf of the Elder. Oh, I didn't yeah, have to make good. that up. Yeah. We shared that amongst you, talked about it, yeah. and then they become very important NPCs um, as you've played through the game, um, or very important dead people in some of yes, their, their cases. Yeah, many cases. But that's been such a nice system that we've actually considered transferring it to other games. Yes. To kind of understand the world we're living in now. It's a, yeah. Well, it's it's, new it's our world. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, being, being a person who's quite new to tabletop role playing, I mean, I've only really been doing it for a year and a half now. Mm. I only really started with you guys properly. I must have messed about when I was a kid, but not properly. Sometimes I come into a game and go, oh, I don't understand what's going on. And trying to play a character who, who's lived that whole world as that, you just end up having to play stupid, quiet characters all the time yeah. for a little while, which is this. I can play a knowledgeable character who knows everybody and everything because yeah. I built that. Helped yeah. build it, yeah, at least. Helped build it. And it's, you feel more attached to it. Yes. Say you were playing an, an, another tabletop RPG and they go, oh, this village over here has burned down. Okay. That, that's fine. It's a neighbour who just told me five minutes ago it's a dot yeah. on a map. 
Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It, it means nothing to me. But in this, you go, <laughs> your arc's on fire, or you're running out of water. It's we built that place. Yeah. You know, it's like a sandcastle we've carefully constructed, <laughs> and now the DM is coming in. He's giving it a kick. Um, yeah. it, it makes you feel sad and makes you want to accomplish your missions, not because you want your character just to beat everything to death, but because if you fail, your arc's going to die. Everyone's going to starve to death. And the other thing it does as well uh, to motivate your characters to guide them through the game is it gets you to sketch out your relationships with the other player characters on yeah. your character sheet and pick one of those to be your PC buddy. Yes. So it's the one other person... Um, who's going on your expeditions that is your bestest buddy in the whole wide world. Yeah. Um, and if you risk something to help them out, whether that's you make an enemy for them or you literally run into a hail of gunfire to drag them out of the way, yeah. the game gives you XP. Yeah. You pick someone who's not a player character, but someone that you want to protect. And the game gives you XP if you do that in the game. Yes. It picks someone you don't like, and it rewards you for messing with them, for going out of your way, risking something yeah. to get one over someone that you don't like. And it also gives you, what is your character's goal? What gets them up in the morning? And that might be um, to find out where the Elder come from. It might be to rebuild the cinema that you had as a child before <laughs> the power ran out, as one of our characters had. Yeah. It can be as idiosyncratic as you like, they can be as different as you like, but they guide your character and they are rewarded in-game. And again, it's so good, because you can look down at that little box and you know what your character is about, you know what you should be doing, um, you know what's motivating you at any, at any given moment, and yeah. you know you'll be rewarded for doing it yeah. with tangible benefits, experience points that you can spend to buy stuff. Yeah, I think that's brilliant. Yeah, because it's so story driven in in that respect, you end up in situations which are really bad for your character and will probably get you killed. But you do them because you've got so into the story. Um, for example, we were having a fight on a wall. Um, my character was was hey, it's such a vivid scene. I yeah, well, I don't want to give too much away because it, it, it's all part of the mechanics we'll yeah. be talking about shortly. Yeah. Um, but we were we were having a fight. Um, the wall was was about to crumble, explode, come flying down. Um, I made a success on my roll the hell out of the way. Instead of saving my character's life, I grabbed my PC buddy, played by Aaron. And threw him off the wall. Yeah, yeah. Keeping him alive. Now that could have killed me, but I didn't hesitate at all doing it because he's my PC buddy and I've been trying to keep him alive all game. And that's really nice story wise, where in another RPG I might have gone, oh well, keep my character alive. Roll your reflex yeah. save. Roll your reflex save. Oh well. You Nothing wrong with reflex saves, but. No, you wouldn't. I wouldn't throw myself in front of the character as much as I would yeah, with, yes. with Mutant, because you start off doing it because you get extra XP and rewards, and then you end up kind of getting used to doing that all the time yes, and yeah. do it without thinking. I mean, you can be playing an, uh, an anti-hero type character in, in the whole game who there is one particular one who they'll sacrifice everything for because yeah. they've got a tangible story connection to them. And yes, that becomes really important to you as a... Yeah. Which is nice. Yeah. And uh, yeah, what I like, you sit down at the end of the game and you go around and say, Did you you know, did you sacrifice anything for your PC buddy? Did you do anything for yeah. your, your goal? Really disappointed when you don't it's like you ask really? that and then it's like I haven't done anything. 
Oh, you feel I'll like get, you've I'll let get, me down. I'm going to pet my pretend dog. <laughs> it's, it's more I felt I, I've left my PC buddy down. I didn't do anything for him. Yeah. Oh, God, I'm a terrible friend. Poor guy. Um, he helped me and he got a point for helping me, but I didn't help him back. <laughs> I'm useless. But if it turns out that your PC buddy has done something horrible to your character in that thing, at the end of each game you can change. So you're not locked into a decision that you made a year ago when the campaign started. No. These things, like goals in real life, allegiances in real life, yeah. they flow, they change, um, and they guide you. They could become part of your character's progression as well, um, and part of their own individual story, which I really like. Yeah. Yes. It gives the sense of a real flowing world. Yeah. Uh, I mean, playing Fallout 3, we all love Fallout 3. We've already said how much we love Fallout 3. Yes. Um, but you don't get the same kind of experience with characters, with decisions involving you. You, I, I mean, I blew up Megaton in Fallout 3. I'm sure you've all played it. You know what happens in when you blow up Megaton. I blew up Megaton. old spoilers get over it. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> didn't give a damn, didn't give me any sort of consequences. I wanted the money because that's what my character needed. If I'd done that in Mutant... I'm, yeah, if someone came up and went, blow your arc up and I'll give you lots of money, set your character up, I wouldn't yeah. be able to do it because uh, it's my home. Yeah. I, yeah. I built that place. And that's the thing um, about a tabletop RPG, isn't it? That yeah. It's the ultimate sandbox. Yeah. And I think RPG games, they, they're giving you lots of stuff to do. They're trying to give you consequences to your actions, but nothing can beat a human being sat there at the other end of the table messing with you, yes. taking into account what you've done, ensuring that there are consequences. There's no, there's none of that moment where you're, you're sat looking at the screen going, well, I don't want to press any of those buttons because that's not what I want to do. Yeah, yeah. That's not the dialogue option I'd choose. You can do anything in a, in a, in a tabletop game. Yeah. Um, yeah. You've got the freedom at any point to do anything that you like. Yeah. Um, and you've got a human being there to, to bounce off. You've got the whole processing power of the human brain behind uh, the system, if you like, uh, yeah. to keep it going. But at the same time, me as a DM, Mutant does so much of the heavy lifting. It shares the burden of world creation with your players. Mm. It shares the creation of NPCs with your players. It motivates them itself. It's built in because who doesn't want XP to make their character better? Yeah. Therefore, players deliberately play up to their motivations. Um, again, making it really easy to motivate the characters. And... If I can't be bothered to prepare something ahead of time, which I have quite a busy uh, day job, um, so quite I don't get the time. Cheers, Colin. <laughs> he just writes I'm, for this podcast. I'm sitting opposite two students. <laughs> to be honest, and yeah. they're having a go at me about my workload. I might cry. Yeah, me and Aaron so, are doing working work, students. Yeah. So that, you know, well, right. actually, no, we're going to have all the time in the world because down here in the bunker, uh, yes. we're just role play. Exist anymore? Yeah, there is. That's, that's it's cool. gone. There is. It's all gone. A world without work. Oh, bliss. I really like it. <laughs> but then um, I'd have to do this as a job, and that maybe work. And then, oh, no. Well, what's the point? No one can hear it. Well, I, I get to listen to it. Well, you can't, because the EMP blast is going to take out the laptop, shortly. No, that's why I built this shed out of wood. Protect from the EMP. Uh, it's fine. Yeah, yes. otherwise it would stop working. Oh, yeah, we we painted it white inside here as well. <laughs> oh, actually, I can't, I can't see what's going on. I can't read my notes. Um, but... <laughs> Each week or each gaming session, if you're lucky enough to be able to play more than uh, once a once a week, 
Damn you, people. Um, <laughs> I'm very, very jealous. I remember when I used to be able to do that. But each time you play, you can, if you like, roll a dice or draw a card from the set of cards, yeah. and it gives you a threat to the arc. And you can just spin your tail off of that. Not the easiest thing to do if you're a beginner and you've not run a game before. Um, no. And there are pre-written bits in the book to get you going, and there are some suggestions and ideas and some source books that have come out. Uh, but I've been role-playing, I've been running tabletop role-playing games for 12 years now, so I yeah. like it gives me an idea, and we just run with it. And I don't really have to prepare in advance, yep. and it's great, it's absolutely brilliant. I've never DM'd a game, obviously again being quite fresh to it. I've been speaking about mutants to a couple of friends mm. um, at who I want to get into role-playing. Oh, cool. And the system seems so smooth, Good. and, and it is easy to pick up and flow with for... I could try DM in this. If it wasn't for the fact it spoiled the story for me necessarily. Yeah. My brain went, okay, I'd have to make things up on the spot. But I have to do that as a player anyway. And this game kind of gives me some materials to do that a bit easier with. Yeah. I think yeah. I'd have less trouble with that and try to pre-plan an entire campaign. That yes. they then go off on a tangent and have a... Rather than join the war, walk off and go do someone else instead. Yeah. Because players are arseholes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, we all are. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's the other thing, is that i found that you can craft a wonderful story, but when it meets players who've got their own ideas and their own way of looking yeah. at things, it'll go off the rails. If you don't have any rails to start with, you've just got a giant sandbox to play in. Yeah. They want to ignore the threat to the arc. That's great. Go off and do something else. Roll up some random um, zone sectors for them to play around in. Roll up some random enemies. And then when they come back, all their friends have been eaten by the threat that they ignored. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Just go with it. Um, give them the consequences um, to their actions. Yeah. If they come into contact with uh, another settlement and they want to murder everyone, that's fine. But when they are preemptively attacked by the settlement over the hill because they've seen what's happened, <laughs> that's a consequence of their actions. So yeah, you can do, you can run with things. Yeah. Um, you don't have to, you know, you're not going, but they were the good guys and they burnt the village. <laughs> because, you know, in the, in the post apocalypse, there aren't really any good guys. No, it's There's just people. People, shades of grey. Try to survive. Um, and one of the things I really like, we mentioned that you've got your four statistics. You've got your strength, your agility, your wits and your empathy. Each one of those can break you. So in a traditional game, when you get to zero hit points, you die or pass out. Yeah. If you do that with your strength, yes, you die. You start to die, you pass out, you suffer a, a critical wound. If you run out of agility, um, you're fatigued. You pass out because you're tired. If you run out of, of empathy, uh, you become assuaged by doubt. Doubt, yeah. And you, it's happened a lot to us. Yes, yeah. you, you, you have no idea where you're going, what's going on. And what's happening. And if you lose all of your wits, you are confused. confused. Which is really easy to roleplay, by the way. Yes. <laughs> and you become broken. You become easy pickings. Which, um, in hindsight, is hilarious. Because, well, imagine you're in the middle of a firefight. And a bloke standing next to you suddenly loses all his, his wits. And then stands up and decides to wander around. <laughs> It's like that bit of was saving Private Ryan. Where the guy's just wandering around looking for his arm. That's yeah. essentially what happens yes you, you just wander around going i lost my gun oh i better go find it in the middle yeah. of a firefight yeah. yeah or you just run off gibbering yeah that's another a yeah. perfectly fine um, thing <laughs> one of my examples is i was actually broken by doubt my character decided he hated the mission so he got drunk and started screaming at everything which oh, yeah. resulted in the party being attacked because i was making so much noise <laughs> yeah 
which we hadn't planned. I hadn't planned when Colin when Colin when runs Colin, out of yeah. uh, runs out of this, we'll do this. It just spins off naturally from the system. Each stat, each kind of health bar, if you like, has a different resource to replenish it. So you need food to replenish your strength. You need water to replenish your fatigue. You need human contact or mutant contact, a moment of closeness uh, in order to regather your empathy and your confusion. You need to sleep a lot to become unconfused. So you can put the players into situations where they're running out of food and they have to make very hard decisions about who's going to become starving and start losing more strength and who's actually going to eat that day. Um, Water. You need to find water. You need to purify it. You need to look after it. All of this kind of post-apocalyptic survival thing is built directly into the game. And you guys have done some very horrible things to people in the name of gathering resources. Oh, extremely horrible. You've had some terrible things happen to you. Yeah. Um, Yes. So it really has that feel of um, forcing you to survive. Yeah. So it really... The mechanics, everything falling apart... The idea of surviving really fits the theme. Or from my point of view, it does. Do you agree? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, anything you build has to be built from materials you find lying around. Admittedly, that's a mechanic you've kind of jimmied in. Well, that fits with the theme. No, it it says that in the book. It says, if the players want to build something and make the roll, that's fine, but they need to tell you what they're going to use to do it. That's brilliant. It does say that in the uh, the book. I'm going to build a garden. Well, what's around you? Some soil. Well, you can't. (laughs) (laughs) Well done. Might be able to build a potato garden. So, yes, so it's got the the whole sort of theming is, uh, is built in. The other thing you can do... Um, at the end of each session, you roll a dice to see how many mutants in your arc have died that session from yeah. starvation, from encounters in the wild, if they've gone out, from off the projects they're from, working on. Yes, you can set up projects and work on them, and it gives you XP again for doing that, yep, to yep. try and develop your arc. Yep. Um, and you basically, you start. It, it has a base building mechanic in it, and this is the irony when I said I'm not looking forward to Fallout 4, because it just looks like you're going to build some, some walls and some guns. In Mutant, you might build um, a pub where people go to get go to share stories, and it increases your increases your culture, which yeah. has effects on your your characters and the things they can do, yeah. and the um, equipment they can understand of the world. You might build some defenses, and then if your your arc is attacked or your arc ends up at war with someone, the defenses that you've built will come into play. Yeah. Um, pointlessly uh, pointlessly in the case of the party <laughs> yes um, extremely we might come to that in a second um, you you might build up food supply so you farmland might, farmland yeah. you, your your characters spent many many months trying to chisel away the concrete <laughs> of the island that they live in uh, in order to grow crops because one of them remembered crops from a film they watched when they were a kid back yeah. when the electricity worked yeah um, one of the characters was questing for electricity at one point because they remembered it uh, but they died was that was that um, Argos? I thought that was what she wanted to get the yes. power back on. Yeah, it was. So, uh, no? Oh, okay. Yes, but you told me to make up my own big dream for her. Okay. And here's, well, here's kind of the thing you can do with your big dreams, your old multi- uh, motivations. Although it's nice to actually be able to complete them, I created one that I couldn't complete um, because my character was looking for the Amber Lance. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. Which... Um, <laughs> 
Yeah, the the amber lance was a a supposed old piece of technology which had some kind of uh, healing equipment uh, <laughs> built in. Oh, because you wanted to heal the elder because the I'm, elder was yeah, getting old. The elder was sick, and I wanted to heal him. And I'd heard of this amber lance, um, <laughs> so I went looking for it. The problem is, Brian could have put an ambulance in front of my character who would have completely ignored it because, as far as I was concerned, the amber lance. Was yeah. some kind of lance based yeah. medical equipment or some kind of suit of armour. Like a giant syringe you plunge into someone by riding on a horse at them. Yes. <laughs> Whatever a horse is. One of the characters has a horse. What? <laughs> as far as the rest of our characters are concerned, he's called it a horse. Yes. It's a but... motorbike with a bit of string on the back for a tail, <laughs> yes. isn't it? Yes. So, although. Uh, but it's his horse because he, again, the movies, they, the only movies they had uh, growing up were. Westerns. Yes. Yeah, so although yes. it's and it, mad. it is quite <laughs> yes. serious and it's quite grim, there are moments of amusing behaviour between characters and it allows you to be a bit more loose. You don't have to be Jim the Mighty Hero who's going to slay the dragon. You can be Bob, who really likes Pokemon cards doesn't know what they are but he found <laughs> yeah. a Pokemon card once and something that said collect them all so, yeah. so he's trying to collect them all yeah, yeah. Um, there are sly winks and nods to that sort of thing in the in the book it's not completely po-faced but you know as a and this is the other thing if you play the Witcher you have the tone of the Witcher yeah. they have decided yeah. the tone for you if you play a tabletop role playing game you work out the tone between your friends so if you had a really heavy session and everyone's looking a bit miserable you can chuck in something a bit a bit funny yeah if yeah. everyone's messing around and you really want to throw a twist in you can have something terrible happen yeah um, and kind of control the mood you tell the story together the players that quite often will you know if you guys are in a in a silly mood you'll 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 be making things up that are silly you'll be yeah. having silly conversations off drunk somewhere is the problem yeah yeah, yeah. um but and it might be fit. yeah it might be when you're in the serious mode then you will be attempting to do things and you know as a dm you can control the mood or you can react with it and guide it or, yeah. and yeah. such like um all skills that you sort of pick up as you go the other thing you can do uh, very quickly um with the the base building is is you can again build your base in any way you like if you want to build the people's socialist utopia of the ark you can <laughs> um you can come up with a, a, system, <laughs> a, system, a system of laws um a courthouse uh, you can free the slaves you can build lots of farmland and share the work amongst people yeah if you want to build some kind of Mad Max 3 hellhole where people fight to the death for the amusement of others and everyone's eating everyone else, you can institute as a project in the arc cannibalism. More people <laughs> will die, but your food supply will go up. Um, and it has that whole feel to it. And one thing I did as a DM is when the players wandered off and left all the characters they didn't like in charge of the arc, they came back and the arc had instituted some projects of its own <laughs> that they weren't keen with, and that drove the conflict of the story for a good few weeks. Yes, yes, it did. I've never experienced a civil war, but it ended badly, yeah. as I recall. <laughs> I don't want to anymore. Every everything ends badly. Everything falls apart. Yes, yeah, especially yeah. when our dice rolls are involved in it, which is all the time. Yes, that's the other thing as well that's quite good is that you have to live by the dice rolls. There's no reloading. There's no going back to a save game <laughs> no. um, because um, you rolled Geralt off the top of a fort that's built on a hill. 
which is something I've actually done. Um, you, you don't just load your, you, you'd have to live with that. If your character fell off of something and yeah. died, make a new character. They're dead. It happened. Get yeah. over it. Yeah. Um, but if your character tries to accomplish something and fails, they have to live with that failure. They have to deal with it. Their goals might change. They might be more determined to do it. They might be racked with guilt um, because of all the lives they cost yeah. in their foolhardy expedition into the wastes to save their friends. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But again, it makes those bits more entertaining. I mean, yes. you lost your very first character to something I won't mention because I don't want to spoil it for people who do come across it. Yeah. But there was, there was something horrible that killed me. It killed his character. We went back to that area later on in the game and... I become PC buddies again. Well, with PC buddies somebody else before, but PC yes. buddies were your character more because we kind of connected on the journey. New character, so, the new, new character. character. And when that possibility was faced again, my character was then doing stupid but heroic actions to try. No, I don't want to. I don't want to deal with this anymore. So yeah. I was taking huge risks, but those huge risks really felt like they were meant something in this game. It wasn't yeah. a matter of I can roll a dice, and then if the DM's feeling nice, he can you know. Lower the, the lower the score a little bit. So you make make a heroic leap across a chasm, and the DM decides it's going to be a seventeen on a d twenty, yeah. and you roll sixteen. So secretly you knocks it down yeah. to a fifteen. So you pass. In this, it's like oh, I rolled all sixes. Oh, I made it rather than rolling all ones and dying horribly, which is a distinct possibility that can't be undone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there is that thing of the DM massage in the game, Colin. You 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 run games as well before. Yeah, you know that sometimes. You're, in your mind, you're saying it's a D20 system. They roll their D20, they add, add their modifiers, and in your mind, they need a 20 to survive, and they get a 19, but you realise that 19's going to kill them. Yeah. So you go, no. Yeah. I, you have them hanging on off that ledge off, by their fingertips. The yeah. I've, I've had an occurrence where, um, in, a, in another game, one of my NPCs rolled a 20-20-20. Which we always play if the players roll. Kills you instantly. So. Yes. By our own rules, I should have instantly killed that player. Bear in mind, it was only a low-level trooper who I just happened to run <laughs> up and go 20-20-20. Is it a stereotypical guard leaning on a spear, looking it, sad it, about it, his it, life? It, it was essentially a level one commoner with a stick. Oh. Um, so instead, I did max damage, um, which he only had a short sword, so it did like 18 points of damage. So it was a very... So I didn't do anything near what I should have done, but... You don't want to kill the players needlessly, needlessly and in non-heroic fashion. Whereas yeah. in this game, because the DM isn't rolling, well, the DM is rolling dice, but because the dice is more up to the characters because they need sixes to succeed, um, it's not your fault if they die. It's yeah. obvious when the characters have failed. They pick their dice up, make their pull, they roll the dice. If that comes out all up as failures... As a player, you then go, oh, I failed. I failed, You yeah. expect that to happen. So yeah. if you miraculously survive, you might even feel a bit cheated. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> you, you certainly expect something horrible to happen when you yeah, fail. Yeah, so your failure is there in front of you. It's not down to the DM sort of massaging things yes, behind no. the scenes. I can still do that. I can take some hit points off of enemies, for instance, if, if I don't want to murder you in a chance encounter or yeah. things like that. Yeah, but, but generally, actually, if, if the players... Um, some of the, the best fun I've had is just watching you guys try to swim across <laughs> the river and nearly dying horribly. It's the fact but you were laughing. Twice. Yes. <laughs> because it was funny that you it, couldn't roll anything at once. Hilarious. The thing yeah. with it, it's... We're not... 
we're not playing Lord of the Rings. We're not the Fellowship going on a um, on an epic quest to save Middle Earth from Sauron and his legion of nutjobs. Yeah. It's we're average average Joe's just looking for some food, and if one of us happens not to be looking where he's going, falls down into a sewer and cracks his skull open at the bottom. Yeah. Well, tragic. But, but that's that's how the game works, and it's quite almost funny at the same time. Yeah, because let's face it, we all like laughing at videos where someone's fallen down a pothole. If you <laughs> mainly Brian, he's the really cruel one. Um, but you know, we all like those kind of oh, silly. Yeah, ha- I need to know the person that's suffering that's to be true. truly funny. Yeah, so, As, so you know, we all watch silly videos yeah. on the internet, and it, so it, it it is quite funny. It, it could have been called Shout Before the Game. Yeah. Yes. yes. So. Um, I mean, I as a DM, I heartily recommend going out, getting a copy of the the book for anyone who's thinking of running the game, or just wants to have a look through and steal some of these ideas. The PC motivation is brilliant. Yeah. The constructing the game together, it's not necessarily a new idea. I think the Dresden Files roleplay does it to a similar extent oh, as well. Yeah. Um, but I haven't actually played that. Uh, I have read through it a long time ago. Uh, but the way it's handled in the mutant is very, very nice. Yeah. Um, and some of the things of maybe constructing some tables or working out your events in advance and drawing them to, to, to let you off some of the role play preparation, which mm. I know as a DM yeah. ends up taking, can end up taking a long time. I heartily recommend going out, having a look at the game. It's a beautiful little thing, a nice hardback book, nice art style, slightly yeah, yeah. cartoony. Um, my notes here, I've been trying to get this in, um, all the time. <laughs> uh, for me, it feels like X-Men meets Fallout. Yeah. Yeah, yes. very much. You've got yeah. the mutant powers, you've got that, that kind of heroic aspect with your powers, but also you've got that grim kind of um, needing to survive yeah. feel yeah. to the game. As players, then, what, what do you... Do you recommend getting involved in a game if one's going on near you? Or I definitely... Yeah, if one's if one if one is available to join or you have a group that are interested in looking, I, I definitely recommend having a look. I mean, it wouldn't be that difficult to change the setting slightly or right. as, as Brian said taking parts of the system and in, incorporating it into other games is, is well worth looking at um, but yeah I definitely give the system a go it's brutal fun funny saddening <laughs> frustrating all at the same time yeah uh, as, as somebody who again is fairly new to role playing games as a system I've been able to pick up a lot quicker and easier um, it's less complicated maths which is always nice after a half <laughs> um, but it also encourages you to stretch your role playing skills a little bit more you do have to play more characters as such and I like that because I was always nervous about creating a new character in other games because it seemed complex and hard this one I could just focus on being somebody different and really playing with that and that's that's great it's really nice and Crying at the dice is, is a lot more fun in this. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Um, I just thought we could have a little thing at the end um, as we started with a kind of a little feature. We could finish with a little feature. Yeah. Um, what other... We've recommended um, Mutant Year Zero. We're, we're all fans of Fallout. What other piece of post-apocalyptic entertainment um, would you offer or suggest for our listeners uh, to get them through the upcoming dark, barren nights ahead? Well, if you've still got running equipment and, like ourselves, have painted your bunker white and made it of wood, it's important it's made of wood. <laughs> yes, um, it's made of wood. So you've got a running PC and electric somehow. I assume you've got a man running on a treadmill or something to keep it running. Yes. Um, running your slaves. Oh, yes. <laughs> slaves. Look forward to that, Colin, before we eat you. Um, oh, cheers. Stalker, Shadow Chernobyl. 
Yep. Yep, 2007, so it's quite an old game. So it should run on any ancient PC you have to find whilst trawling the wastes. Excellent. Um, but it's a first-person survival game that has got a beautiful story behind it, again, beautifully well-written story behind it, interesting characters, and it's difficulty is perfect. It's just hard enough to be a challenge uh, without making you cry and run away like Dark Souls does. Yeah, true, excellent. True. I would recommend with Stalker that um, it's probably the best example of a game that shows you how you as an actual person will survive, which is not very often and you'll yes. be pressing quick save a lot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as for myself, a post... Oh, you put me on the spot here. A post-apocalyptic style game. I'm going to say, at the moment, I haven't played much of it. I've only played a little bit. Um, but for something, at least to have a look at some playthrough videos and look at what's going on, perhaps Mad Max. The story mode is a bit rubbish. It's very much taken from um, the combat mechanics are very much Arkham Island and Arkham City. We talked about it last week, yeah, didn't we? We did, yeah. but um, a bit more in-depth to it this time. The driving aspect is actually a lot of fun. Upgrading your car, sticking a giant sledgehammer on the front and then <laughs> running convoys of enemy vehicles off is well worth doing it for a half hour cool excellent um, my recommendations um, we've actually talked about all the games I was thinking about um, the Walking Dead Telltale games are brilliant yeah um, again we talked about those earlier uh, my two recommendations are actually books uh, uh, because you being sophisticated in, in the yeah. future world without electricity uh, books will survive Yes, um, you, can, you can read yeah. them as relics of the of what went before. Uh, Cormac Lev- Yeah, but what happens <laughs> if you need reading glasses, Brian? Oh no, I, I can't read without my glasses, Brian. <laughs> what happens when I lose the screw and the lenses fall out? <laughs> it's a Twilight Zone episode. It's a Twilight yeah. Zone. I know it. From it? The, I know it from the Simpsons. Yeah, really. Oh, I was just making that up. Yeah. Colin's oh. glasses broke earlier today. They did. So we, we came uh, when he came to the bunker. Uh, he was soaked I to was. the skin. Um, it's okay we towed him down he's fine now um, <laughs> but yes there's that Twilight Zone I know it from The Simpsons I think yes. where they do the Mickey take where the guy goes to the library it's, it's the brain I, cells yes. yeah I can I can read forever I don't need people and as he bends down to get a book his glasses yes I yeah. do remember that now yeah yeah. Um, yeah very 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 silly um, but quite funny uh, Cormac McCarthy's The Road no seminal Seminal uh, work of fiction, uh, but please book the next week off work so you can curl up in a corner and cry. Yes. Um, it's the most heartbreaking, brutal novel I, I've, I think I've ever read. Actually, um, if you have children, it will hit you twice as hard. I don't have children, yeah. um, and now I don't want them just in case. Yeah, a little oh. bit. You're recommending something that's going to make the, these uh, listeners in the post-apocalypse kill themselves. It's... Well, that means more resources for us. Clever. Yeah, now they know. You've ruined the plan. You've forced me to explain myself. Um, And highly recommend that. Very, very, very good book. Film out there, also quite good, uh, but not as good as um, the book. Because it never is. And it's got Aragorn in. There you go. Yeah, of course the film. Viggo Mortensen. Yeah, we call him that. His muggle name. (laughs) I know he's been in a couple of movies, but he's always Aragorn to everybody. Um, and my my other suggestion, I just finished reading. Um, I absolutely loved. I 
um, lay in the bath for three hours, constantly topping it up so that I could uh, could finish reading. I just couldn't put it down. You're not gonna be able to waste um, water like that now. No, no. Are the luxuries? Um, will you still hose me down once a week? Not with what you're expecting, but yes. Mr. <laughs> <laughs> um, Carey's the girl with all the gifts. Um, about a little girl who lives in a bunker underground. And they bring her out in a wheelchair, muzzled like Hannibal Lecter, even though she is just a little girl. Um, and you realise quite early on that something very sinister is going on. There's been a, an apocalypse and the girl is very much linked. The character of the, the girl herself is one of the, the most brilliant creations I've read in fiction in recent years. I absolutely loved it. Um, it's funny in places. Uh, again, it's quite heartbreaking, um, but very much worth a a read. They're also currently filming a film version, not under the same name. Um, can't remember off the top of my head, um, but we might. Don't, don't there's a, a very short trailer. We'll pop a link to. Yeah. Uh, but heartily recommend uh, reading that. That is very very good, um, and we'll ensure that the apocalyptic nights. Pass by in a flash. Brilliant. I might murder you for it. I would like to point out that that recommendation for things to do while the apocalypse is passing us is we have a semi-fun driving game where you get to <laughs> destroy trucks off the road. That's Mad Max. You've got a, a, a stalker, which is a fun run around gathering resources, shooting people in the face and quick saving and quick loading a lot. Teaching and then survive. Brian's idea there are two books that will make you want to kill yourself and your children. There you go. I'm actually the betrayer of the podcast. Yes, yes I'm he trying is. to ruin our audience by making people never want to tune in again. Um, I love books like that. I do, but you yes. know, it's got to be the right setting for it. I mean, I did. I, I want to be at home in the warmth with a packet of crisps and some Doritos. I can get crisps yeah. and some Doritos. Yes, that's wow. how posh I am. I separate them. You don't consider Doritos as crisps. No. Nope. What are Doritos then? <laughs> uh, small pizzas. <laughs> small triangular pizzas. Mm. Uh, other snack foods are available. <laughs> <laughs> So, can you hear that? If that sound means what I think it means, we're out of time and so are you. If you survive, make contact by leaving a comment or tweeting us for help. Uh, from all of us at Critical Twits, remember, if you find us wandering the barren wastes, lost, confused and unable to fend for ourselves, eat Colin first. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.